Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. It is about five o'clock in the morning here where I am. It's uh, one of those days that just woke up early and figured might as well go ahead and get the podcast recorded for the week. There's a lot to talk about and today is Family Stone. That's the movie that we're going to talk about today as we lead up to my favorite Christmas movie um, next week because next week is Christmas already which just blows me away. But a lot of stuff happening out in the entertainment world uh, this week or at least a lot of news has been hitting this week. Uh, We've got Indiana Jones Uh, five is coming out July of 2022 and Harrison Ford is coming back. So uh, hard to believe that they're going to do another one, but um, apparently at 78 years old is willing to put that hat back on and, and go for it again. So there were a lot of announcements on the Disney side of the world, mainly for Star Wars fans. Uh, Patty Jenkins, who has been the director for the Wonder Woman movies, she was tapped to direct one of the new Star Wars. Um, And when I say one of the new Star Wars, it's because Disney has planned umpteen Star Wars movies, uh, 10 new movies, actually. So it's kind of crazy to think that they're that they're going to continue. I know I haven't necessarily been a fan of the way Disney has done the Star Wars movies. So uh, maybe new generation, new new group. It'll be all new Star Wars, I guess. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of animated movies also coming out. Um, so just tons of stuff happening. And again, we still have Wonder Woman coming out on uh, HBO Max next week, same day as the theater release, which I am very excited about. And, um, that will probably be the first review of the new year. Well, maybe it'll be the in-between new year. We'll see what happens. Uh, I might have to watch it more than once, but we'll see how it goes. So it's interesting. I read a really good news story about how these non-theater releases are going. And uh, according to the the article that I read out of USA Today, they were actually saying that studios have really been looking forward to this type of format, that the pandemic this year sort of pushed us in that direction sooner than what was inevitably going to happen, meaning we're going to slowly transfer from theaters into those streaming, because that's what customers want to see. Bottom line, though, it saves them a lot of money. They don't have to pay the middleman in the theaters. They, uh, it allows them to release it in a way where they make more of their money back. And in some cases, they can potentially make more through the streaming service itself. Um, so that's really, it's a really interesting concept that that this was apparently part of the plan that was going to happen all along. Um, you know, it's it's not sure how Disney's format is working just yet with the $30. And I know I keep harping on this for Mulan, but it's it really is sort of an irritation for me uh, to see them charge $30 for Mulan. And then we have HBO Max. Uh, they are able to include it. So um, even other 
platforms. I noticed on Apple TV, there was a, a movie that was released just recently. It's not available for purchase yet, but you can watch it for $20, So I don't know. It's still kind of a sticking point to me and, and a source of irritation. I, I need to stop harping on that one. But um, so a lot of good news for those Star Wars fans. Uh, 17 Warner Brothers movies coming out to HBO Max in 2021. Um, I also foresee we will start to see prices increase like Hulu and Netflix have done. Uh, just because everybody's going to look for the cash grab, they're all going to try to get a slice of the new streamers, and um, so they're going to pack as much money into that bag as they can. So I don't know. I think we're in for a very interesting 2021 as far as the entertainment world and how movies are released and um i think there are some some movies you just need to be in a theater for and i don't think it's sustainable for a theater to only show four movies a year there i mean you can't have a business doing that so um maybe we need to bring back all the drive-in movie theaters do those kind of movies and play old ones in between but anywho uh, pretty exciting stuff for moviegoers around the world right now. Um, oh, and I did see, too, that uh, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor are coming back for um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Um, I can't say I'm that excited. I, I like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. He, he did a great job. I really liked his character. Not a fan of Hayden Christensen. Uh unless his acting has gotten better and maybe it has, and I will give it a shot. I will always give him a second shot, but I don't know. So that's that. Let's get on to family stone. Um, so I always do some, some research ahead of time. I, I sit and scour the internet to see if there's any, any thing that I can dig up that maybe you didn't know, or maybe I had to look up to find. And, it's there's a lot of uh, nothing out there for this movie to believe it or not. Um, you know the extras that are included in this movie uh, because I purchased it years ago, so I have all the iTunes extras and all that kind of stuff. Very disappointing. Um, there are a handful of deleted scenes, but with a crew or a cast like what we have here, I am shocked that there is no gag reel. I can imagine that this this particular movie was a blast to film with the people that they had, and I just can't believe there is no gag reel. There's also no making of. There's there's like a eight minute featurette, which had a couple of good tidbits that I didn't know before. Um, it had some cast interviews and clips and a couple of behind the scenes parts, but that was it. It was really disappointing, and maybe it's because this movie came out in two thousand five. And that's more of a thing today than it was back then, you know, but it, it just, that was sad. Uh, apparently when they were putting this movie together, they went after Diane Keaton first. Like they said, who is your number one choice? Who's the one actor you want to be in this movie? And Diane Keaton was top of the list. So once they got her, it was easier for everybody else to jump on board because when you have a talent like Diane Keaton, who's going to say no? Uh, but they got Sarah Jessica Parker, and then they just sort of filled in from there. So once they were able to assemble this great ensemble, uh, 
the studio then basically couldn't say you don't exist anymore. We have to make this movie with this many top draw actors in it. So uh, that's how it, it came to be. They had tried to make this movie for years from what I understand. They had a, um, they had a completely different cast. They tried three times and it was money that made it fall apart every time. So once they were able to attach those big names, the studio got behind it and they were able to make, uh, make the movie. And I also want to add, so just so you can picture this, it, at the movie premiere for Family Stone, Craig T. Nelson had quite a mullet. He was rocking the mullet. Um, you know, the one funny thing that I, that I learned in my, my little research here was during the filming, Luke Wilson chipped his tooth and he asked Diane Keaton to recommend a dentist to him. And so she decided to play a joke and gave him a phone number. And when he called it, um, it was actually the number to a psychologist. So I thought that was that was rather amusing and, and rather Diane Keaton. Um, so if you look up this movie in IMDb, it has the picture for the movie poster, which I had never seen before. I don't I don't recall seeing this movie in the theaters. It's something I have seen hundreds of times because this time of year, we always have it going. If we can't agree on what movie to watch and it's near Christmas, when I say near, I mean it's anywhere from like August on, uh, we'll put this movie on. But um, it it has a, uh, instead of somebody giving you the middle finger, they're giving you the ring finger and it has a diamond on it. So I just thought that was rather amusing. I had never seen that before. Um so I noticed a theme as I was writing up my notes here, and we've got an uptight conservative woman that goes to, to her boyfriend's family home for Christmas to meet them for the first time, and she finds herself at odds with all of them. So does that sound familiar to mm, pretty much everything, uh, but especially Happiest Season, which as I talked about a couple weeks ago, that that was one of the comparisons that they that they said a lot of people felt like this was very much family, um, that it was very much family stone. So uh, let's talk about our cast. We've got quite a handful of, of big name actors here. Uh, first of all, we have the Morton sisters. We've got Meredith, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, and Julie, played by Claire Danes, who I adore. I absolutely love Claire Danes. Fun little trivia fact for you on Claire Danes. Uh, back when she was getting started, for some of us, this was our first exposure to her anyway. She did a, a one-season show, um, and it was um, one of those things that if you were in high school or right around that age, it spoke to you. I mean, it was like she was reading things out of your actual actual existence. But anyway, it's called My So-Called Life. Um, I have the whole box set. I love the show. I, it made me so sad when it was never picked up. There's been talks throughout the years of them trying to start it back up, but it just wouldn't have the same flavor anymore. Um, but a friend of mine from my full-time job was an extra on the set for uh, – for that show, which is a lot of fun because we've gotten together before um, as friends to watch, especially the first couple episodes, and we'll see her walking through the scenes. We're like, "Oh, there you are! Oh, there you are!" So maybe one of these days, I'll have I'll have her come on the on the podcast, and we could have her 
tell us about what it was like to be an extra? Uh, did they realize my so-called life was going to become what it became? And uh, just kind of her her few moments in Hollywood and how that worked out for her. But obviously she's here in Madison, Wisconsin, so she's not doing that anymore. Um, so then we've got the Stone family. And we have mom, uh, Sybil. Her na- uh, so her name is Sybil. It's Diane Keaton. And then we have Kelly, played by Craig T. Nelson. Uh, then we have the kids. So Susanna is played by Elizabeth Reeser. And she also is a Michigan girl like myself. Um, and fun fact, her stepfather owned the Pistons and her mom took over the team upon his death. But um, he apparently owned like everything, all these big sport teams. But so she is the oldest. And then we've got Everett, played by Dermot Mulroney. Ben, played by Luke Wilson. Thad, played by Tyrone Giordano, and Amy rounds out the bunch, played by Rachel McAdams. So the opening scene of the movie is shot in Barney's. I hadn't, I didn't even know. I, I mean, I think I've heard of Barney's before. I know it was like a big thing at one point. I'm not sure if they're still relevant today, but um, I don't even know if they're still in existence, actually. Um but they only had three hours to shoot that. They had to be out of the store by 9 a.m. Uh, because they had customers to serve. So this introduces us to our main characters. We've got Everett and uh, Meredith. They're shopping, and you can see she's really busy. She's on the phone. She can't get off the phone to talk to the poor retail person that's trying to ring up the scarf that they're buying. And um, So it, it gives us a glimpse into who these two people are. There's an opening montage after that, uh, which shows these little Christmas scenes. I always, every time I see this, I think of my grandmother. So it would be like the front of a Christmas card that I would expect to get from my grandmother. That That's what those scenes remind me of. Um, according to Sarah Jessica Parker, because I listened to the commentary for the movie with Sarah Jessica Parker, and she said that she felt each one of those scenes fits the name of the person, so the the um, actual actor. I don't notice. Uh, I don't notice any correlation there, but I'm not sure. But it felt uh, very much like Happiest Season, where Happiest Season shows us the couple in their first meeting, starting dating, moving in together, and then we get to where the movie is today. It feels somewhat similar there, so I can see how the comparison uh, came up between the two movies. And we learn that it's it's near Christmas, uh, and typical to every Christmas movie, it's snowing. There's a lot of snow on the ground. Uh, growing up in the Midwest my whole life, I would say when I was younger and living in Michigan, we always had snow at Christmas. So that's fair. But since I've lived in Wisconsin, there are so many more winters that I can say we did not have a white Christmas. So it it makes me chuckle that every Christmas movie, I don't care where in the country it's set, unless it's in the South, of course, they have snow and snow is falling. And I know that's very picturesque and people don't that don't live here uh, just think it's so beautiful and, and they love it. We We had a bunch of snow dumped on us the other day and it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's very cold, but it, 
it looks amazing. And in two or three days, it's going to be 40 degrees and it's going to be a muddy, sloppy mess. And I don't think we're going to have snow left for Christmas. And that's the reality of, of actually what Christmas looks like. But um, so that, that part always makes me laugh when I see how perfectly snowy it always is. Uh, but all the kids are coming home. They're arriving however they arrive. Uh, so Thad and his boyfriend show up together. And then we see Amy pulling up in her beat up. Uh, gosh, is it a, is it a Volvo? I think uh, with her NPR bag. And it just says so much about the character without even saying anything more about her. We already know a lot of information just based on that. And um, they're all discussing how Everett's bringing his girlfriend and they're, they're essentially gossiping about her and the sister, Amy does not like her. She's um, tells about this throat clearing thing that she has. And um, the older sister talked to her on the phone before and said, yeah, she's really curt. So they're essentially setting it up for nobody likes Meredith right from the get go. Um, and when our happy couple arrives, we get those uncomfortable parts of meeting the family and not being a part of them, of, of what it truly feels like to be an outsider. Uh, and, you know, I love seeing some of the family dynamic here because when Ben comes home, everyone, everyone gets a hug and there's a special way that he, he greets them all and he, he recognizes their differences. Yes, they're family, but they're also different people. And so you get that from his interactions with everyone. And you can kind of tell that he's, uh, maybe the expectations aren't quite as high. Um, I think they said he's a filmmaker. And so he's just real laid back, a complete opposite from Everett. And, you know, they have, they have some weirdness about taking the photos and and stuff so it's just real it's it's comical in a way but it's I think it's very true to to what it's like when people go home for the holidays and these families have their own routines they have their own something that they want to do and you're not a part of that not yet maybe you will be in the future maybe you won't but so it's like where do I go how do I how do I melt into the background here because I'm not sure what to do um and then again there's more awkwardness piled on top of that when Meredith is relating the story of how they met. And it couldn't be more clear uh, that Everett and Meredith are these uptight city folks uh, where everyone else in the family is somewhat relaxed. Um, we catch little bits here and there, little conversations about how people in the family don't see Everett with Meredith and they're worried that he is starting uh, and she's worried that he is starting to look at her like the rest of his family does. Um, sort of that judgy, um, you know, looking not down on her, but just judging her right away without really giving her a chance to know her. Um, after an interaction with Amy, we learn that Meredith is going to stay at the inn in town um, and that her sister is going to come be with her as well. And the arrival of Julie is a lot of fun. And it, I think it brings in the funnier moments of the movie. It's almost like we have a, a before Julie arrives, it's, it's awkward. Once Julie arrives, now the humor can be brought into the movie. Uh, there's a, a dinner scene and 
we watch Meredith struggle terribly, uh, essentially putting her foot in her mouth every time she opens it. And the family keeps trying to divert the discussion, uh, kind of giving her an out. And she just can't, she just can't move past that. She doesn't recognize those cues. And essentially she just goes back to offending everyone at the table. Uh, this leads to Meredith storming out of the house. And <laughs> funny, I love the, sh- the scene where they're all sitting at the table after Meredith storms out and all you hear is the car peel out and crash. And it just, it just makes me chuckle because I can, I can picture it in my own head what that moment's like, but then they, you know, you have the, the audio of it. And then we see her in the vehicle kind of zooming straight back. So it's, it's a pretty funny movie or moment in the movie. Um, So Ben decides to go out and check on her and he finds her crying. So he hops in and he decides to take her to a bar. So now we're at the bar. There's a lot of drinking. There's some dancing. Um, ben has some very uh, nice words for her, talks to her about how to relax. He tries to get her to put your hands behind your head, lean back, just relax. And he talks to her about, you have a freak flag. You just don't know how to fly it. And I think that's true of everybody. Some people just have the ability to relax more than others. But given the situation, I don't know that anybody would be able to relax that much. Um, So meanwhile, while those two are out at the bar, uh, Julie and Everett bond as they search for Meredith. Um, They're walking up and down the street. So it's not much searching, if you ask me. But they're, they're walking up and down the street together, having great conversations, you can see how much they have in common. And so that brings a, a slight complication here. You can tell that he is completely taken by Julie. And, you know, it's dangerous territory. It, you are trying to propose to your girlfriend and her sister comes to town and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I got hit with the love stick. Now I really want the sister. So that's a that's a big, big issue. Um And we also learn that he really wants to visit the metal Buddha that he never got to visit because he met Meredith. And it took me, so like I said in the beginning, I have watched this movie, I don't even know how many times. And maybe because I've seen it so much, I haven't paid so much attention as I do when I'm, when I'm trying to watch a movie to talk about it more. Um, I don't know that I ever heard that part before. So, um, you know, it, it, it just goes to show when, when Julie is talking about the things that she does, the places she's gone and visit, you can see Everett say, that's what I want. That's, that's what I want to do. And he's not able to do that right now, whether he can't or Meredith doesn't want to, but it's clear that they're in two different places with what they want out of their lives. Um, Then Everett comes home and he has a discussion with his mom uh, because he's trying to get a ring from her. Uh, That was his grandmother's ring, and she had promised it to him, and she doesn't want to give it to him. And uh, they have this great discussion about um, she feels he's trying to hurry up and get married but because she's sick, and she, she wants him to be happy not perfect and she hopes that he'll he'll marry for love not 
just because she's sick. So it's a, it's a wonderful emotional moment. Um, it, it, you know, it tugs at the heartstrings every time I watch it. And the other thing that I do love about this movie is it's right before where all of the fun truly begins. And laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. Um, you know, that's a di- direct quote from Dolly Parton out of Steel Magnolias, in case you wanted to know. But it's the, a movie like this that can have you in tears or almost in tears or just pulling at your heart and then you're you're crying because you're laughing so hard and then oh my gosh there's another emotional moment it's a great it's a great trade-off um and i think that's what makes these movies good so right after this emotional moment uh then we have uh meredith is is trying to um well, she's trying to prevent what she knows is coming. So uh, we learned that Julie had tried on the grandmother's ring and it got stuck and she couldn't get it off. And so then Meredith learns that there's a ring involved, whether that means today he's going to ask her to marry him or you know next month or next week, we don't know. Um, and so Meredith is trying to avoid that discussion right now because Everett wants to talk to her. And... Uh, I think he wants to talk to her because he realizes he's falling in love with Julie, but um, she's trying to divert that discussion. And so she's like, I have a gift for everybody. Let's do gifts. And she gives everyone an extremely touching gift for a, for a family whose family member has a terminal disease. And you know that this is likely the last Christmas that you have together it was an incredibly thoughtful and touching gift. Apparently the photo that she gives is truly a picture of Diane Keaton when she was younger. They just modified it to make it look pregnant because she's never had children. So um, it, uh, it means something very different to everyone in the family. And um, then all of a sudden all hell breaks out and, um, we have what I think is probably the best part of the whole movie is what starts right here after this, because, you know, she's so uptight and she's, she just finally yells out, no, I'm not going to marry you. And he said, well, I, I haven't asked you. I didn't ask you. So she goes on to have this long spiel and kind of slips in there that, you know, of course they all hate her. She's, um, you know, uptight and all this kind of stuff. And then she comes home to visit and she sleeps with the brother and, and you can see him kind of go, wait a minute, what did, what did you just say? And then he looks at he looks at Thad first, and Thad is like, hey, you know, don't look at me. It's not my gag. Um, but then then he realizes that she means Ben, and Ben's like, wait a minute, nothing happened. We got really drunk, and there there's this great little scene where the boys are essentially going to kill each other. They're chasing each other around. They're doing what I assume brothers would do. Now they're a little older to do the things that they're doing, but um, I assume that's what having brothers is like. Uh, Since I didn't get to grow up with mine, I can't confirm, but um, you know, it's, it's nice to see people that had been so hard on Meredith come to her defense at that point while the boys are flying all around. And there's some great scenes in the kitchen 
where Meredith is trying to put the strata that she makes for her family every year. Um, it's a Morton family tradition, so she's trying to get that in the oven, and it ends up everywhere. And again, it's laughter. After you've had these really tough, tense moments, it's this laughter. Um, and it's a good thing that Amy's boyfriend brought the ambulance. You know, the other thought that I had is, uh, is that is that allowed? You're not on duty, so he's not wearing like his paramedic uniform where he's ready to go save the day should he be needed. He just drives around the ambulance, or is he the only person? Is he the only paramedic in town? Maybe it's his ambulance. I don't know. Uh, but so he goes up and he patches everyone up, and then everybody kind of scatters a little bit. And uh, Julie decides to to leave and head back home because she can see that this is clearly not a good spot for her. She she doesn't need to be in the way here. And Everett goes chasing after her, and, you know, the dramatic moment, the bus, bus pulls away, and she's on it, and then the bus stops, and he runs after her, and, and she asks, you have plans for New Year's? So all of a sudden now we have a new couple, and then they, they show Meredith, and she goes to lay down and snuggle up with Ben. And so, I mean, this is just all kinds of wrong at this point. You don't swap boyfriends with your sister. And, you know, that's just, it breaks the girl code. It should break the boy code too. I don't know. But um, I would just think it would not be, I don't know. I just don't think I could do it. But um, when when the bus pulls away for Julie to leave, there's a, there's a shot of Everett and he's got his cut on his cheek near his eye and he's got his hoodie pulled up over his head and to me it looks like it's a slow motion rocky trailer or something it it bugs me every time I see it but anyway dramatic music and you know you can feel that it's the swelling of the end of the movie and then we fast forward a year Uh, we have two new babies in the house because Susanna had her baby and Thad and his boyfriend were able to adopt their child and the whole family shows up to decorate the tree. Um, and this is a, you know, it's a big moment because it's the first Christmas without mom because she's, she's no longer here. And it's, it's hard for everyone in the family. Uh, we see that Amy has, has her ring, the ring that Sybil wore, this giant, giant ring. She's wearing it. Um, and, Meredith is still there, except this time she goes over and she hugs on Ben. So obviously her and Ben are together. And then a few minutes later, in the door walks Everett and Julie. So they clearly are now together. And it's just so odd to me. (laughs) You know, it's picture perfect. Everybody's happy. They find the person they were supposed to be with. And clearly Meredith was meant to be a part of the Stone family. She just had the wrong brother at the time, I guess. Um I don't know. It just seems so fast to just flip flop. But you know, that's, uh, that's family stone for you. I, in searching information about the movie, I was surprised to find that this movie was so love or hate. Uh, There's a lot of really strong feelings about family stone, which I was quite surprised by. Um, I just figured everybody enjoyed it. But um some say it's the worst Christmas movie that's ever been. Uh, so 
very polarizing views on that. Um, Speaking of polar, next week we're going to talk Polar Express, which, uh, as I've said before, is the one movie that truly gets me into the spirit of the holiday. You know, this year so far, I'm just not feeling it. I don't know why. We've got the tree up, the lights up. I've tried Christmas music. I've wrapped presents, got those under the tree. Meh. It's just kind of the year it is. So, but you know, maybe it's just because that's how 2020 has been. And that's overall the feeling for the year. Not sure. But anyway, um, I think that's all that I have for news and, and anything else. We've kind of covered a lot today. So I want to keep this, keep this short. And that's all that we have for our episode today. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you never miss out. And head on over to Instagram and say hello. And make sure to give us a like. Have a good day and be well.